Hello and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. We've got an exciting afternoon for you. We've got an interview with Dylan Dykstra in just a couple minutes. Uh, his project, Visionary, is just launching a new album, and so we've got a good conversation uh, to be had about that music. So we're looking forward to that. Dylan, can you hear us? I can hear you. Well, thanks for taking thanks the time to radio. be on the show. Oh, one, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to, to learn more about your project. Uh, congratulations on getting it started, by the way, getting it finished. Thank you. It's been a long, long time coming. Yeah, I understand you've been working on it since uh, 2010 or so. Yep. The summer, I'd say the summer of 2010, 2009, it's time, you know, flown by when we want to say exactly when it started but (laughs) can you talk a little bit about how the concept came together for the band and the record originally well so initially i had just uh kind of just started playing bass um and i was friends with a guy named alex schnellman okay he he was a guitarist virtuoso and he knew a guy named chris marciniak and they wanted to start a band and needed a bass player. And I didn't really like metal uh, too much at the time. Um, I liked Metallica and System of a Down, but as far as anything really heavy death metal um, influenced, I wasn't, I wasn't really into it. So I kind of learned to love it in, <laughs> because that was the only band that was available. But we uh, started trading around... Uh, sheet music on um, this kind of free Guitar Pro ripoff software called Tux Guitar. So we would write a little part of it and then email it over and then someone else would write another little part of it and we'd send it back and forth. And that's kind of how the album ended up getting written musically um, to begin with and that's kind of how we all learned the songs and whatnot. So it sounds very DIY. Yeah. Super, super DIY, super, you know, we were in high school thinking we were going to be a a garage band that somebody saw at a show and blow up real big, but. And so, uh, so you've, you've now completed most of the, most of the record. Have you come up with a title for it yet? Um, kind of going back and forth between maybe just doing it as visionary being the name of the album, since it's a, uh a one-off kind of album. Um, and then also the thinking of making Cyber Generated, the title track, which is the last song that kind of has the whole concept uh, at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and also toying with Starfish Prime, uh, mm-hmm. just because that's a, that's a theme, that's a, a song in the, in the album, but it has, uh, a musical motif that kind of keeps reappearing throughout the album. So that way, you know, maybe it's more of a direct homage to that. So still toying with that. That's kind of one of the last little pieces to fall into place. So what's the, uh, what's the roadmap look like for the, for the record? Is it, uh, is, are we going to see it yet uh, out in public before the end of the year? Or what's the, what's the schedule for getting it out? I'd like to uh, right now, the, uh, I, I just need to get it mastered and then do all the uh, back-end stuff with that, with uh, getting all the codes and stuff embedded into the music. 
And then I would like to, in the same fashion, so every song is played by different musicians, and every song is produced by a different producer. Wow. I'd, I'd really like it to have, I, I'm working on trying to get every song to have artwork to it, uh, commissioned by a separate artist that listens to the song and makes their own interpretation of it, given the guidelines of you know what the song's about. Wow. And I have a couple of those done. Uh, so if there's, you know, anybody listening that knows an artist or anything, I still need a couple artists to get on this. So depending on how long that takes, you know, that's, that's kind of, once that's done, then it's, you know, off to the presses, hopefully. Well, in, in true progressive metal fashion, it sounds like you're adding as much complexity as you possibly can into the whole project. <laughs> Absolutely. I want this thing to be as dense as possible. And if, if somebody, you know, just listens for it, to it for the first time and is just, you know, happy with the way a one-time listen-through sounds, you know, that's good. But also if you want to pick apart everything for the next, you know, 10 years, you know, I, I kind of want every range in that uh, experience to be able to be there for an, an audience member. Mm-hmm. You, you call the project Progressive Death Metal Space Opera. That's, there's a lot packed into that. What, what does that mean to you? That's my attempt at kind of getting, if I had to boil the entire thing down into a one-sentence elevator pitch, that's what I kind of try to, to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's, it's really heavy. It's, it's very heavily influenced in that death metal uh, you know, genre. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of growls and mm-hmm. a lot of, blast beats and there's a lot of uh you know guitar riffs tremolo guitar riffs uh but it's progressive in the sense that switching time signatures different styles some of the songs are very very chaotic um and also it encapsulates this space opera because the whole thing you know takes place in this sci-fi universe that took me a long time to come up with and the opera is because every singer on the album represents a different character. So that's, that adds to that complexity of the story overarching being told. So there's different characters. They're interacting in different ways on this large space time scale. And, and you've talked about the underlying concept a couple of times. Can you kind of summarize the story for everybody? Yeah, so the, the basic gist of it is humans nuke themselves and some people kind of escape and they become planet hoppers uh, sucking up resources on like different planets as they kind of go through the, uh, the Milky Way galaxy. And then sometime after that, a more advanced civilization comes to where the humans are, wipes them out. You find out that they are ancient humans themselves that put humans on the planet, and they've done so a few times before. And then they wipe this iteration out and restart over. Wow, that's uh, that's a pretty pretty long uh, story arc for sure. What were some of the things that that you drew from in terms of inspiration? I mean, where does that story come from for you? So funny enough, the story actually comes from all the 
pre-production title names. Mm-hmm. Um, these were uh, originally the whole project was supposed to be instrumental. Hmm. Uh, we talked about having a singer and singers fell through and none of us really wrote lyrics. So we were just going to be, you know, an instrumental kind of band. Mm-hmm. But what ended up, so we ended up with these song titles and the song titles, um, now, now in this order were starfish prime, uh, Paroxysm of Atoms, Spacebound Epidemic, A Hero Sanctuary. One song was called Lunaphobia to fit with that space theme. Everything was space-themed. Uh, that's been switched to Xenophobia to match better with the lyrics. Uh, Desolatus Spadium, which is our high school Latin for uh, isolated space. Nice. And cyber-generated with the three movements in it. And Chris, the drummer at the time, he wanted a, a sci-fi prog rock album about cyborg, quote, cyborgs killing everyone. <laughs> so okay. when I was thinking on it, I, I kind of arranged the songs and I kind of drew a story between just, just the song titles and the concept of cyborgs killing everyone. So it was kind of... You know, Starfish Starfish Prime is the first song and the thematic un, uh, motif that keeps coming back. And that's actually based off of a real um, nuclear test that the U.S. military conducted called Starfish Prime as a part of Operation Fishbowl, where they launched a nuke into space to see what would happen. Hmm. Um, and actually, the very, very first prelude song... I found the some footage from the U.S. government that's declassified, and so it's a declassified tape, real audio from the U.S. government declassifying this uh, operation. So that's kind of what the album starts with, and it's kind of a precursor of nukes in space, and then paroxysm of atoms. It uh, paroxysm is a fancy word meaning a sudden attack. So usually it's a um, medical term, mm-hmm. but then I was like, a sudden attack of atoms, that sounds like a nuclear bomb. <laughs> so that's where that song came from, where nice. it's like, okay, this is nuclear nuclear bombs, and everybody's fleeing the planet, and space-bound epidemic is kind of, hmm, you know, what could be space, space-bound and an epidemic? So I kind of relate humanity kind of going in, and becoming the planet hoppers, like Independence Day and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where the aliens come down and they're sucking resources from the planet. So what if we were that super, super alien going around destroying things? And then A Hero Sanctuary is an instrumental piece um, that kind of gave inspiration for the human characters and this uh, inner peace and that that's going to be the be the rebirth. Mm-hmm. Um, xenophobia is kind of a standalone track in that it's kind of the explanation of why why humans were supposed to be on the planet to begin with. What is their purpose and what is their moral failing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Desolata Spadium. I was like isolated space. What could that be? So you know what's more isolated than the cold spot, which is this region of space that is, you know, 
very sparsely populated, um, and also black holes. So I kind of use that as a explanation song of how the cyber generated, which are the cyborgs that come and kill everyone, how they use science to travel, and mm. versus how humans travel. So it explains why the cyber generated are an intergalactic species and humanity is just an interstellar species. So hmm. we're kind of bound to the Milky Way. Right. And then cyber generated is just, you know, this super long song that it was, all right, let's shove every piece of lore bit into <laughs> this song as we can. Well, I, uh, you've, you've shared a uh, space bound epidemic and, uh, the uh, cyber generated song with me. And I want to, I want to give people a chance to, to hear the music. Um, but first I'd like to play a uh, space bound epidemic for folks. Uh, can you kind of set us up with what we're going to hear? Yeah. So this song actually features uh, a guy named Lord Marco on drums and he is considered the blast beat King and he, it shows he's played for, Brain Drill, The Faceless, uh, Rings of Saturn, he did their last few albums. Currently, he plays with Six Feet Under. Um, and then Hugo on, is doing a bass solo, and he is from the band Beyond Creation. And he's just one of my favorite bass players, so to have him feature on it was really, really a treat. Uh, and, yeah, this is this is when humans are going out into space, uh, it kind of takes place over a few thousand years, and it details the the desires of humanity kind of taking over the um, the the super ego, I guess, of humanity. Mm. So the rough uh, growl vocals, that character is uh, the human id. So it kind of is the mm. id super ego ego from Freud, um, and then the clean vocals. Uh, during the chorus is humanity's ego, and then the acoustic guitar that will be featured is representative of the silent super ego that kind of supersedes all of that. So those are the three characters in the song, wow. and it's it's a ride. All right. Well, this is Visionary with Spacebound Epidemic.
That was Visionary Death Metal with Spacebound Epidemic. You are listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. We've got on the phone with us today Dylan Dykstra, one of the founders of Visionary. Dylan, uh, that that was an awesome track. Thanks for sharing that with us. Of course. Thanks for having it. Yeah. Ben, that's the first time it's hit actually a public anything. So, oh, wow. This, World this premiere. Yep. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, we appreciate your willingness to, uh, to share it with us uh, on such a special occasion. Uh, I, you know, the drum solo in that intro just really kicks. I mean, it, it just puts you right into it, right out of the gate. And then you shift gears a few times throughout the song in terms of time signature and tempo and all of that. What was the inspiration for specifically for the rhythms throughout the song? I mean, how did you go ahead, go through the idea of coming up with those sections and how they would fit together? Yeah. So the, the first part is definitely, we wanted to, we wanted to take a blend of the intro to YYZ having some, uh, kind of off kilter, rhythm rhythmic pattern right mm-hmm. off the beginning mm-hmm. and painkiller which oh, just yes. has an epic drum solo right off the bat so it's truly just a mix of our interpretation of he took painkiller and yyz and had a baby with it so <laughs> <laughs> uh, during oh, continue sorry no go ahead and then during some of the other parts uh, I mean, this song in particular, you can really hear it, especially during the solo section, what that that riff is. But this whole album is kind of a variation on uh, the Arabic uh, scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we discovered that and kind of took off. So that's a big inspiration for the sound of everything. Mm. Um, and this song in, in particular, it's, it pulls very heavy from... Uh, double harmonic major and these modes of the Arabic scale. And so, we kind of got that from the band Def, uh, very specifically the Symbolic album. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the chorus is kind of inspired by uh, Centric Flow from Obscura. So mm-hmm. just kind of having that 6-8 feel that kind of just chugs along. Um and it's kind of more open, but still has a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the inspiration specifically for that song. And, and I'm, I'm curious to know how you sort of brought all of those elements together in a seamless way. I mean, what, what did you have to, to do from a transitional perspective to blend those things together seamlessly? Uh, that, well, that's a good question for Alex. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he is really a big lead in, in a lot of the guitar writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of it, really. Uh, so that's just kind of his unspoken genius, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> um, just knowing what, what that next tempo is going to be and smashing right into it. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he wrote most of that one. Okay. One of, the, one of the, the other bands that you mentioned to me uh, before we uh, had the conversation today is, is Dream Theater, you know, another progressive metal band. And I'm curious to hear where you found the influences from them and what are some of the things that you, that draws you to them? 
Well, certainly the, the time signature switching. Mm-hmm. Um, another, the proxism of atoms is definitely very heavily influenced by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, the boldness that they took to do Metropolis Part 2, a whole dense concept album, mm-hmm. and even their uh, The Astonishing album that mm-hmm. came out, that was, you know, those were... At, the Astonishing Later was an inspiration for how I wanted to do characters with everything. But mm. the, yeah, the, the songwriting was both me and Chris were really big dream theater fans just because the prowess on the instruments and how they make seemingly unintelligible guitar riffs and sounds just be so cohesive and <laughs> in such a giant sounding uh, song. So that's, that's where a lot of that came from. Nice. You know, one of my favorite songs uh, by by Dream Theater is, is one of their earlier songs, Pull Me Under. Um, and I think uh, just to kind of give people a sense of where you're drawing some of your inspirations, we should give people a listen uh, to that tune. What, uh, what, what do you pick up from this song when you listen to it? Well, I, strong chorus. I mean, this is why Pull Me Under is definitely the Dream Theater song that got radio play. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Uh, And I wanted each of the songs to have, despite it being death metal, um, I wanted the songs to have a chorus that was singable, and you know when it's here, it's, you know, something you can kind of sing along to. So everyone has kind of that, you know, as you heard in Spacebound Epidemic, um, Joe from Revenant Soul Mm -hmm. uh, plays that character. And, you know, he features in a lot of the songs that have a really singable chorus. So mm-hmm. I really try to do that, and Dream Theater does that well. They have really good choruses. That's fantastic. Well, let's, uh, let's give people a listen. This is Dream Theater with Pull Me Under.
All right, that was Dream Theater with Pull Me Under. A little bit of an abrupt ending there, but you are listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. And on the phone, we have Dylan Dykstra from the death metal band Visionary. Dylan, I'm glad to have you back with us on the show again. Um, one of the things you know that I, I really like about uh, Dream Theater is one of the things that you caught um, before we played that song, and that's the the strong chorus, um, you know, throughout that thing, which really makes it kind of a, uh, you know, something you can hang your hat on uh, musically. But you know, some of the other things that that I found really interesting um, in that song paralleled some of the stuff in Spacebound Ep- Epidemic, and you know, I think specifically about Hugo's bass solo, um, you know, how that really set a different tone within the song. Um, but at the same time, it, it really expanded the overall song itself. And I'm really curious in particular to figure out what the secret is for adding something like Hugo's bass solo, which is very lyrical. And I'm guessing it was, was that a a fretless bass? Yeah, that was a fretless bass. Yeah. It had that very smooth and, you know, like I said, lyrical feel to it. Uh, so how do you bring in something like that? into a song like Space Bond Epidemic and not lose the aggressive feel of the song overall? I mean, to be completely honest, he's a, a, a master at his craft. So I just, I mean, kind of even with everyone on the album, uh, Hugo in particular, I was, you know, I really value what another musician will bring to the table. So, you know, if I just find somebody that I like their work, I just, trust them to do what's going to be right. So I just said, here's the timestamp. I want a solo in between here and here, and you know what to do. And so he just kind of, I, I feel like giving the artists their freedom to do what they, how they want to do it is how you're going to get the best product. So I kind of gave everyone guidelines hmm. of, you know, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I referenced his bass solo from the new album that they have out, Algorithm, uh, the song Ethereal Kingdom. I referenced his bass solo from that, and I said, hey, can you do something similar to this? And he was like, yep, I got it. And then he sent that back in a, a couple days, <laughs> and I was just happy <laughs> with it. So, so I, I mean, that's an interesting uh, connection there, an interesting methodology, and, I, and I, it makes me wonder how you managed to keep them in a lane without limiting them. You know, how did you keep the vision that you had for visionary, no pun intended (laughs) without, but still let them have the freedom to express themselves. Well, some of it comes from, you have to give up some of what you had in your head. Mm Mm-hmm. But also trusting that you hired, ultimately, it's trusting that you hired the right person for the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know when I, because I do session work on base too. So when I get a client that, you know, gives me the sheet music and says, play, play it exactly like this, I can do that. No problem. Mm-hmm. But when, when they, I always feel like if they give me the freedom, I make this song you know, how a, how a bass player, because I'm being hired from the outside, how that, how I would write the song if I was in the writing room with them. And I always feel like you get a better product like that when, you know, no matter who you're working with. So it was kind of, I gave them the MIDI files for everything. Mm-hmm. 
and for a solo, you know, I didn't write that out or anything. He did that. Yep. Uh, for the drums, though, uh, I kind of I gave him a MIDI file of what was programmed, and I said, you know, this is the feel because this will give you when there should be double kick, uh, when there should be blast beats, when it should be kind of a different time signature, different feel. But I want you to make this your song because ultimately, I want every the the idea behind getting so many artists on the album is if they can each show one person, hey, here's this album I was on. I'm really proud of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that points everybody to everybody. So right. that's that's the idea of the collaboration. And that's, you know, I, I got a lot of session players. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, somebody really likes the guitar work that was done on track eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, who did that? Oh, by the way, here's all their contact information so you can hire them for something else. <laughs> so that's the idea of everything. So Nice. Well, as a, you know, as a, a person who does marketing in their day job, I fully respect the marketing angle of getting those musicians involved as well. That's, that's a nice, uh, nice added bonus. Um, and I'm, I'm really curious to, to, to know whether you had some surprises that changed the way the song uh, existed in your mind after the fact, like, did you change the philosophy or the idea behind any of the songs based on the contributions of the contributors? Ooh, that's a really great question. Cause yes. Hmm. Um, initially the acoustic guitar. So I was having a trouble initially. The human character was supposed to be, uh, Eric wing from the band Morka. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the ones that do the, um, the harsh vocals on space band epidemic mm-hmm. and Joe from Revenant soul. And he does the, those cleans. Those were supposed to be the, the dichotomy of human emotions. Mm-hmm. But with all the acoustic guitar that was added later and the track hero sanctuary, which is all a, an acoustic guitar track, I really wanted to add this character of the human superego which is, you know, this underlying innocence that ends up being the unspoken good goodness of humanity, and that is what gets reborn in the end. So that's certainly something. Um, I definitely added um, the idea of a, a kind of this digital sound when I ended up uh, getting some featured keyboard players. Mm-hmm. So that kind of ends up having a thematic element for anything that involves uh, space travel and humans. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's kind of another thing that changed. Yeah. I, so, so as you, as you look back on the, on the initial, uh, you know, sort of egg that was the project initially, how, how do you compare what, what's done to what you started with 10 years ago? Well, it's been a, certainly a, a, a giant progress. Um, you know, I initially the, the songs that started getting written when I was kind of thinking to myself, Oh, I can, I could write the lyrics to this. Um, and all I had was, uh, some lyrics for Spacebound Epidemic and Desolatus Spadium. So that 
it, those songs sound kind of juvenile um, compared to Cyber Generated, which was the last song to be written. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of cool because everything was written, you know, five years ago at some point. So that's kind of it, it's been more complex and more meaningful. So everything is a part of the concept, but it was also kind of writing around um, what had already been established as canon um, Mm -hmm. and trying to write around that instead of scrap everything and start over and try to rework things. And Mm. so that that was kind of how it's changed. I mean, aside from literally not having lyrics and just song titles. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I know that it's not fully baked yet, um, but you sent me the, the, the final song cyber generated. And I really want people to have a listen to it because it does have, I mean, it's the full package wrapped up story-wise into, into mm-hmm. one song. Um, but there's one section I want to play in particular, and it's that robotic chorus uh, that's at the end of the arrival movement. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what we're going to hear? It starts at about 3.20 in the song. Yeah, so uh, the singer here is Cody Brand. Uh, he plays the cyber-generated, which is uh, ancient humans. Um, the arrival movement uh, first details. I, I, I spent probably the last six or seven years trying to figure out a concept for uh, intergalactic travel, um, going down to the nitty gritty science. I had a whiteboard and everything of trying to figure out <laughs> wow. the quantum quantum mechanics to make uh, space space travel using black holes a thing. Wow. Um, so that's, that's all in the first, you know, it kicks off and there's just words. And that's, that's pretty much what that is. The, there's a guitar riff that loops forever, and it looped forever in the MIDI track. So I just put exposition there pretty much. And then you hear um, kind of the history of mankind, um, the previous mankinds, which was, you know, first on a planet called uh, Lucifer, so I get into a lot of biblical themes hmm. in the song, too. Nice. And basically being, hey, the the Bible was interpreted like, like this from these actual civilizations that existed. And then Mars, and then humans on Earth, and then they got wiped out, and then another reign of humans on Earth. Hmm. And so moving into the Annihilation uh, movement, which is right where this is going, is... Uh, you know, this is just where, hey, you just got these cyber-generated just came to all the human colonies that are all over the the Milky Way mm-hmm. and explained, this is who we are, this is the past, and now it's y- y- all of you messed up. <laughs> Time and for a hard reboot. <laughs> hard reboot, and this is where the cyborgs killing everyone comes in. Awesome. And... So that's kind of what Annihilation is, is everyone kind of getting wiped out. So thinking about how would this millions of years futuristic society wipe out colonies and colonies of humans. So that's kind of what that, I got to delve into the teenage angst of <laughs> metal music. I love it. I love it. Well, let's uh, let's give a little tease here. This is an excerpt from Cyber Generated by Visionary.
That was a brief clip from Cyber Generated off the brand new record by Visionary. And in the studio with us on the phone, technically speaking, we have Dylan Dykstra. Uh, Dylan's one of the founders of Visionary. Dylan, uh, that was a, a fascinating little uh, riff, I guess, for better, uh, for lack of a better term, the chorus and that, those robotic sounds. First of all, I want to, I, I want to know how you recorded that and what was the production process on that section of the song. Oh, so um, every everything is you know I got a lot of people to record offsite and import it into me. So mm-hmm. it's this whole project, file management. You know, <laughs> a, a master's degree in file management. <laughs> but with Cody's voice, I took and I, I there's there's he has fifty vocal tracks in that song. Wow. Um, and so every single one has, um, you know, I have some that are pitch shifted to give that robotic voice. Mm-hmm. Some, some I took every single word and flipped it backwards. Um, wow. it, it's kind of a, it's a similar process as, uh, there's a song, um, called mutilated lips by ween where they do that, where they flip every single word, and so everything sounds reversed, but you can also hear the regular word. Um, and so there's, I, there's a whole bunch of audiophile kind of stuff mixed in the, mixed in the album because I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. So is this like uh, if we played it backwards, you'd hear like Ozzy Osbourne saying something demonic or something like that? <laughs> no, um, there is, in the very first verse of that, there is a hidden death cant that you can't hear <laughs> when you listen to the song and you can only read it. That's which fantastic. Is, which is kind of this ethereal sound around, like, uh, during during the section explaining the um, the way that they travel. Um, mm. Because I, I kind of go into, I, I kind of got really deep into extra-dimensional um, physics and in order to kind of do this album and dealing with not time travel per se, but dealing with how things operate in four and five dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is kind of their, they can, they can take their bodies and convert their bodies into energy signals, basically. Hmm. And I won't get too in. One of these days, I want to do a podcast or something <laughs> going deep, uh, just on that one verse. But but basically, uh, you know, at the gist of it, they're at the center of one of these black holes that they've converted into their uh, portal, and using a principle called the evanescent wave, they get to um, kind of be suspended and quantum tunnel wow. through space um and that whole process is kind of happening in two places at once in this alternate dimensional space so i kind of wanted to have all of what's going on there happen in this kind of superimposed ethereal sound and what i did there is i just took his he sang sang the verse and then i reversed that sound ran it through reverb track 
and then re-reverse it again. So it's like the wow. whole thing is reverse reverb, and that's what makes it sound alien mm-hmm. and like it's ethereal and everything. Yeah. So. so so as you as you you know go from that granular level of uh, you know involvement in the in the song creation, um, take a step back and 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 talk to us about a ten minute song that has three distinct movements. And, and I'm curious to know a couple things. First of all, um, why connect three different elements like that into one song? And, and what's the common thread that keeps those movements together? Well, so it's interesting because initially this one just had the names of the, just like everything else, it was just a name. Cyber generated one arrival, two annihilation, three reverse. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to kind of be really vague. And so I was the one that kind of filled that in and then ended up finding places that, yeah, this actually sounds like a first movement. This sounds like a second movement. This sounds like a third movement. And then filling in arrival. Well, who's arriving? Well, the cyber generated. Okay. What, what does that mean? So the, the three movements really helped me organize where I was going to put what content because Mm. How I wrote the lyrics to the entire album is I would sit there, get all these ideas. So I'd listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks, listen to YouTubers, listen to all this, gather all this information, go down really, really deep rabbit holes for hours, nights, <laughs> just staying up all night watching stuff like Ancient Aliens, just wacko, bizarro stuff, you know? And really listening intently and then forgetting about it. And then sitting down, usually at night, with some candles lit or whatever, and free writing for a few hours. Just writing all the things that got, came down to my head. Uh, sometimes in the mind of, if I was humans in this universe, sometimes what would the mind of the cyber-generated be? And I would take all of those notes until I filled the notebook, and then I would open it back up, and I would just circle all the lines that I thought were good. And then I'd go back through all the notebooks, take all the things that I circled, type them up into a notes document, and just have all these just little excerpts. And then I would combine them and stitch them together in a cohesive story. And then I would figure out where in, in any of the songs do these fit? Where, where does this go? Hmm. And so the idea of having those three movements and and why it's a three-movement song, and that story, how it connects together, is those were all of the elements that ended up fitting exactly where they were supposed to go. It's kind of weird. I didn't feel like I wrote the album. Mm. I felt as if it, it, it came to me and kind of ended up writing itself, and something was just saying, hey, dummy, this is where this goes. <laughs> uh, so it's, you know, you, you kind of, when you absorb that and then forget it, it feels like every all of your concepts came from somewhere else, even though you can't find that anywhere else. Uh, you're not concerned that it was the cyber generator that put the the song in your head. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about that. There's um, actually the very very end of the rebirth. Uh, th- there's a character in it that's the ma- one of the main singers for Xenophobia. That there, and like I said, there's a lot of biblical themes mm-hmm. in it. One of the inspirations is I sat down and I read the entire Bible because wow. I, I kind of I, I I wanted some. Cause the cyber generated is an allegory for Noah's Ark. 
basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a kind of great power wipes everything out, yep. and some of it's safe. So that's yep. really what the allegory is. Mm. And if I'm going to put something biblical in there, you know, might as well go whole hog and right. make sure that I'm understanding my source material so I'm mm. not doing some sort of vague crafting. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the kind of hidden things is um, that there is this character that kind of, for lack of a better term, is God, but it's not necessarily this, it's not necessarily attached to, oh, this is a Christian album or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. It's, it's more so there is this underlying divine field that um, consciousness interact uh, in the same way an electron vibrates with the electromagnetic field and becomes and, and interacts with the Higgs boson or the Higgs field mm-hmm. and becomes a, a physical fermion. Um, in that same way, consciousness is kind of to this divine field, and this divine field is what's driving the cyber generated to create he- more humans wow. uh, so it can have more connections to this divine field. Wow. So that's, that's kind of the motive be- behind the cyber generated. So that's what the rebirth is mm-hmm. um, kind of about, is more just this is the motive behind everything. Because I didn't want it to just be curious scientist cyborgs or whatever. Right. I wanted it to be... Why is uh, everyone's intentions are are clear and explained? Wow! So with all that complexity in the songs and in the instrumentation and in the vocals, um, is this project one that is going to just be a capsule of its own, or do you imagine that the band Visionary is going to take this and move into different directions? What's the what's the roadmap look like for Visionary? So it's certainly this story is a capsule um, because of the way uh, this is this is this iteration of it is has has been really me writing the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alex and Chris both, you know, we the songs themselves belong to all three of us. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think it'd be awesome if one day uh, I know Chris has talked about it. Um, and Alex has talked about it, is doing their own recordings of these songs uh, in their own uh, their hmm. vision, you wow. know? So that would be really cool. Um, I've, I've had people tell me that I should write a book, <laughs> and I've thought about it. Just yeah. Maybe doing just an exposition dump of this is what every single line of this entire album means. Because... Hmm. Every single line is not wasted. Right. That means a whole bunch of different things. Clearly, yeah. And so, so what would that look like live? Would you ever imagine playing live? I mean, when this is done, what I would like to have is a listening party where, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a it's a quote unquote live show. But I just I'd like to take all the artwork that's a part of it, maybe frame it, mm-hmm. um, and have a kind of art expo gallery and a projector with the words on it mm-hmm. and everyone dress up real nice have cocktails and play it through a really nice sound sound system. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, that's the, what I would like that release to kind of look like, but not, not performing live. Mm-hmm. There's just, it's not, it's not feasible. Yeah. There's so much, so much in it that it would be almost impossible. You'd have to have a cast of thousands. <laughs> oh yeah, Absolutely. 
Well, Dylan, where do we send people to learn more about Visionary and uh, and to get in touch with you? So right now, I just have uh, a Facebook page um, that is at Visionary Death Metal. Mm-hmm. Um, so check check out on there. You can see I kind of did shout outs for all the musicians involved. Um, you know, we didn't get to super, like talk about it during the Dream Theater section, but Derek Sherinian, who is one of the uh, former members of Dream Theater, is on this record. Wow. Uh, he he now he plays for. Uh, Joe Bonamassa, and he plays keys in the band Sons of Apollo, which has hmm. Mike Portnoy, Billy yep. Sheehan, wow. and uh, I can't remember who else is in that band. Hmm. But but that's like that's a that's a big a big name on it. Um, but you can see all the other people involved. Uh, eventually, I'm going to have a website that has everyone involved, contact information for. Um, everyone that wants their contact information featured for uh, being hired for gigs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I mean, if people want to reach, if, if there's any artists out there, I need, I need artists that are interested in this stuff and, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll pay, I'm, you know, commissioning artwork. Uh, but they can reach out to me on, on my Instagram, which is X A T O X seven. Um, and I'm I'm really reachable there. So. Fantastic. Well, Dylan, this is this has been great. We'll make sure to share uh, your socials with everybody from the show socials, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to be with us today. Of course, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, and keep us posted too as the as the artwork comes together and and you get more updates, and we'll be sure to share that with the audience. Absolutely, I appreciate it. All right, have a great rest of your afternoon. Thank you. You as well. All right, that was Dylan Dykstra from the band Visionary Death Metal. You are listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota.